Adam Crowley Show. Wow, 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 he's a very nice. ESPN Pittsburgh on 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Did you forget to turn my damn mic on? You can do that yourself, man. Come on. I'm Listen. over here gathering papers, doing all this show prep, typing notes, looking at takes, fine-tuning, refining takes. You can't even turn my damn microphone on. You can't even hit the right buttons. You're a mess. You're a disgrace. And for the first time in a couple of weeks, because you've been doing a good job, I actually miss Joe. Joe's not a nerd. Joe gets ass, okay? Joe goes out and meets women. Tom plays Fortnite. Brian plays Fortnite. Doesn't even look that fun. You're so wrong. Tom, let's try this again. It's time for the five-minute major. Oh, man. I Okay. Seriously, I did not mean to do that one. They're both red on the button bar. That audio and the five-minute major. And, and I was half looking at the other computer screen and half looking at the, the radio computer screen. And, uh, uh, that's on me. I messed that one up. I'm sorry. Here, here, here. You know what? Here. Well, here we go. It's time to get pucked up with some of the best damn hockey talk on the planet. You go to the box, you know. Uh, you feel shame, you know. And then you get free. This is the five minute major with Adam Crowley. <laughs> Tom, I know that Pitt hired their basketball coach. These are not the correct sounds for the five minute major. All right, get this. Would you get the squeaking off it? I think everyone's getting fired up in this bitch. Everyone's getting fired after today. Not me. Yesterday was my day to get fired. I attacked a nun. Today, though, it's your day to get fired. Not playing any of the right drops. Brian's over there. He's cackling with laughter at Tom's failures, even though he's failed just as much. He's not asked to do as much. Not during the show, but, ah, uh, jeez. All right. Five-minute major. Go. Five minutes we can play some Fortnite. We go to the Bucks. The Penguins are better than last year's team. They're better. There's a lot of people who are all concerned about the fact the Penguins haven't been all that good lately. And I'm here to tell you, they've going to be fine. They really will be okay. I know this because I saw the team win the Stanley Cup with last year's roster. And if they can win it with last year's roster, they can win it with this year's roster. Consider this. Nick Benino, really good player. Not good in the playoffs last year from a point standpoint. Derek Broussard will be. Nick Benino, sure he blocks shots. Sure he plays hard-nosed hockey. He'll get in on the forecheck. He had great chemistry with Carl Hagelin and Phil Kessel. 
But really, HBK was not that big of a factor last year. That was two years ago. I'll say this. Two years ago, the Penguins were better. But this year's team, I like their pieces better than last year's team. Broussard better than Benino. I think Shahan right now is a better player than Matt Cullen. I do. You've got Chris Letang now at this point, when last year you didn't have Chris Letang. I know you don't have Ian Cole, and he's the greatest hockey player of our generation, but you bring back Chris Letang, I think that's got to count for something. So for everybody who's all... Would you... Would, for all the people who are concerned about the Penguins' defense core, just remember Chris Letang's going to be playing 25 minutes a night. And the Penguins have this guy named Matt Murray who can still be the eraser. And as much as you want to say that the Penguins' goaltending right now isn't as good as it's been because he lost Marc-Andre Fleury and Matt Murray's not at the top of his game, I expect him to get to the top of his game. Matt Murray was on a tear. 8-1-1 his last 10 starts prior to the concussion. I think he can continue that now. And if he's that guy and the Penguins have the team that they have elsewhere, they're going to be fine. They're better than they were two years or last year. Not as good as two years ago, but they're better than they were last year. And that's got to count for something. Now, that being said, the Eastern Conference, far better than it was last year. Last year, you knew it was going to come down to Penguins and Washington. Those were the two best teams in the East, and after that, it was a bunch of nobodies. Well, this year, you still got Washington as a good hockey club. You've got Columbus riding a hot streak. Philadelphia is far better than they were last year. They're not a team I'd be afraid of playing if I were Pittsburgh. But they're okay. And then on the other side, you got Tampa, who's the best team in hockey. You've got Boston, who's one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. And you've got Toronto, who could beat anybody in a seven-game series. That's what you have to be worried about. The Penguins having to go through a gauntlet to reach the Cup Final. It's not about the Penguins being worse than they were a year ago. They're not. Think about the bottom six. You had Chris Kunitz last year. He steps up in the biggest moment of the entire season in Game 7 against Ottawa. He had two goals. Great. You miss that aspect. The aspect where he's going to come in and he's going to make plays when you need someone to make a play. But I like the Penguins' top three lines better than I liked their top three lines last year. Sorry, 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 sorry. It's really hard to get on a roll here, Tom, when you're not paying any freaking attention. It's really hard to get on a roll here when you don't give a damn about the show! Sidney Crosby, Brian Rust, and Jake Gensel is your top line. I like it. Your second line is Malkin, Hornquist, and Haglin. I like it. Haglin, not really a factor in the playoffs until the Stanley Cup last year. And really, he didn't look like Carl Haglin until Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final last year. So that's an area you're better. Phil Kessel's better now than he has been the last two years. If getting Malkin's better now than he's been the last two years. You're getting upgrades from players outperforming themselves. Phil Kessel's an all-around better player today than he was last year. Then you go to the third line. You've got Broussard. That dude can score goals, as we're seeing. He's a bitch to play against. He'll go to the front of the net. He's a good two-way player. He's better than what they had last year at the third-line center position. He just is. And he fits what the Penguins are trying to do better, even, than Nick Bonino. And you got Phil, 
as I mentioned. And you got Connor Sherry. And yeah, he's not playing great, but he's playing better. And if he's on your third line, you can win with that guy. You can win like that. Plus, you've got Aston Reese, who can maybe flex into your fourth line. Or if you flex him onto your top line, you move Brian Russ down to the fourth line. I think the Penguins are deeper this year than they were last year. And I think that that includes the defense core when you consider what Chris Letang can do in playing 25, 30 minutes a night. Don't kid yourselves. There will be games in the playoffs he's playing 28, 29, 30 minutes. They did not have that last year. That makes everyone else's job on the defense easier. They're better right now than they were last year. No question about it. That's the freaking five-minute major. We interrupt our regular... Sorry. Just play it all the way through. Who let the dog... I'm going to sit this the rest of this segment out, all right? <laughs> oh I, I'm not... Like, I'm so glad I don't have to hit buttons. Oh, boy. <laughs> I've never been more upset with you. Oh, wow. Or the entire... <laughs> Are you even good at the game? No. I see, you know But I'm so- getting better. I see he knows how to turn on the microphone. That's one button he's not missing, the damn microphone. You should play. Me? Yeah, Fortnite's fun, man. You think so? I just started last night. I got, what, I downloaded it at like, what, around like 2.30 or so? And I was up until like 4.30 this morning. I had to drive my dad to the airport at 4.30 this morning, so my energy is a little bit sapped, and even I am locked into the show, whereas you two hooligans, I mean, Brian, you're up to 4.30 last night. It's obvious. You got dark circles under your eyes. I do. You smell like... Death, you I, smell like foot. I did not shower. Tom Offerman, my producer, he's hitting buttons left and right. Thank God he didn't work I in think, the damn uh, White House. Guys, I think he's over in Tilted Towers. Stop, no, uh, no you're not supposed to hit the oh, mic oh, oh, now. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I was, I was uh, talking to my squad. I didn't know the mic was on. <laughs> I'm telling you, Crowley. You'd understand if you played. Look, I know he's messed up really bad this segment, but... If you played, you'd understand more. And that's what we're here for, to understand our fellow man. You should understand Tom a little more. Give me the breaking news sounder, Tom, please. Oh, no. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. It is official. Pitt hires Duke assistant Capel as coach. Is it Capel? Capel? I need to sleep. By the way, Missy Matthews reporting that uh, he's a Steelers fan. He is. He tweeted out that it was the worst call in the history of the National Football League when he, when uh, Jesse James, I can't even speak now, Jesse James' catch was called back. But Pitt hires this Capel, and Sean Gentile is one of my favorite writers for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He does a great job. He's a funny guy, really great writer, very creative. And he writes that Pitt didn't make a good hire. They made a great hire. And I didn't read his piece. It's very possible that it is sarcasm, but it's also possible that it's not. And I've seen a lot of people say that this is not just a good hire for Pitt. It is, in fact, a great hire. And this is one of my least favorite things we do in sports, in any sport. 
The NFL draft, we grade teams immediately following the draft. These guys haven't played a down in the National Football League, and I've got Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay and Mike Mayock telling me that this team got an A-plus and this team got a D. We haven't seen any players play, and I'm supposed to believe that one team got it that much better over the other team. You hear in the NHL, this team really won the trade deadline, this team did not. In the immediate aftermath, guys, we can let it play out a little bit before we have to say whether or not it was a great hire. This Jeff Capel guy seems to have a good resume. He checks all the boxes. Good recruiter. Went to Duke. Coached to Duke. Assistant coach. And he's been to an Elite Eight as a head coach. All the boxes are checked. And maybe you think that makes it a great hire. But I don't think you can jump up and down and just pretend like you know that it is a fabulous hire. Not when you consider that he's seven games under five hundred as an NCAA basketball head coach. Not when you consider that he lost his job because he didn't make the NCAA tournament in three out of five years at Oklahoma, a program that should make it almost every year. And not when you consider the fact that he lost his job because of those things, but also because he had assistant coaches getting caught with their hand in the cookie jar as it relates to impermissible benefits. Pitt won the day because they got a name. Pitt won the day because on the press release they can just slap in, went to the Elite Eight, great recruiter, check this box, check this box, check this box. But... On the press release, you're never going to find the reason that he got fired. And in the press release, you're never going to find the impermissible benefits crap. You're just not going to find it. So a great hire because it's going to rile the fan base up today. But not a great hire yet, in my opinion, because we just don't know what he could wind up being. And one of the big reasons I don't think enough people are talking about why it was easy to win the day for Pitt is because Kevin Stallings was such a horrific, colossal F-up. The guy went 0-19 against the conference this year, did not make the tournament in his first year, under 500 both years. My God, whoever was going to be brought in was going to be thought to be better than that guy. And then you consider they bring in a name dude from Duke. Oh, they win the day. I just hope for Heather Like's sake and for Pitt fans' sake, that this is more than just a press release win. I hope for Pitt's sake that this is a guy who can actually get shiz done. I hope for Pitt's sake he's a good coach and not a great headline grabber. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Kraut. Coming up next... The Penguins. Need to win some more games. So they don't have to play road games in the playoffs. His knees are literally on the console over there. He's an inch away from the computer. Also, I'll tell you who else is to blame for Bud Dupree not being great. It's the Jamel Show.
Got a couple of tweets here. Chris Letang is not that good. And Matt Murray is questionable. Would you just... Oh, my God. Stepping all over me. What do you have to say, Tom? What? I don't think that you can say that Matt Murray's questionable after what we've seen the last two years in the playoffs. The guy was also on fire prior to suffering his concussion. Now he comes back from the concussion and has been so-so in a couple of games, and all of a sudden we're going to say we can't trust the guy anymore? Matt Murray had a 937 save percentage in the playoffs last year. 937. That's unbelievable. Marc-Andre Fleury never did that. Now, Fleury had some great years, but he never did that. Matt Murray had a 924 save percentage in the playoffs the year prior. Matt Murray's a stud. He's got pedigree. And in addition to the pedigree, he's lived up to said pedigree at the highest level. When things are at the absolute pinnacle of the sport. I think we should cut the guy a little slack. His dad died this year, and then he got a concussion. And yeah, he's banged up from time to time, but I'm not going to hold that against him. Not his fault. Sometimes you get hurt, especially when it's a concussion. It's not your fault. It's only Mata's fault. As for Chris Letang, he's not the Chris Letang of old, but he's better than what they had last year at defense. That's the whole point. I'm not sitting here saying Chris Letang is a Norris-caliber defenseman again, but he's better than Ron Hainsey. Fact. They're better than they were two years ago. False. They're better than they were last year. Tom's got me all rattled. 412-922-2874. We've got another smoky report. Typically, we just throw to the Smokey Report. Today, I need to make sure that I get through to my stupid-ass producer, Tom. That's probably taking it too far. I got to get through to my producer, who's not paying any lick of attention at all. Tom, it's time for the Smokey Report. It's time to get pumped up with some of the best damn hockey... We got an evil Knievel soaking wet and looking to nail your donkey on McKnight Road at the Hot Dog Hut near the panty stand. Turn up your bird dog and take it out of the top hole, else you'll be paying the disco cats the troll toll. It's the Smoker Report. You see a Miss Peggy, Mama Bear, Papa Bear, Bear in the Bushes, or a Bear in the Air, you give us a holler. We'll get you home without the extra freight. 412-922-2874. He's pounding down. It's supposed to go there. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. It's supposed to fade it out. Your girlfriend is going to kill you. For what? Tonight, you guys will be getting after it. We're going to squat up together. <laughs> I know that. Does she play? Oh, yeah. Does she really play? Oh, yeah. You got a girl who plays Fortnite? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's hot. We squat up all the time. That's hot. Uh, it is. Trust that's me. Very I get, hot. I get really sweaty when we're playing. Yeah. Wow. I need a girl who plays Fortnite. Yeah, you do. I really Yeah, do. you do. Yep. I think you could both use to get off of Fortnite. That's what I'm saying. 
Now you're speaking our language, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now you get us. It's the Jamel Show, 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. The Penguins need to put themselves in a position to have home ice advantage for as long as possible in the playoffs this year. This year, the Penguins are 15, 19, and 4 on the road. I think they'll... Rise to the occasion. Since it's the playoffs. But I still don't like that they have had issues when they get away from PPG Paints Arena. 15, 19, and 4. That's bad. The Penguins have never had a losing record on the road in Sidney Crosby's career. Since his first season. If any team can flip the switch, turn it around for the postseason, it's this team. But I'd feel a lot better if they're starting series at home. I'd feel a lot better if they had Game 7s at home. And they're not going to have an Eastern Conference Final, in all likelihood. And if you don't have it in the Eastern Conference Final, you'd like it in the rest of the playoffs. But Washington's going to have it if they play them at any point, unless the Penguins can catch them. Fingers crossed they can catch them. Now, I don't think it so much matters where they play Philadelphia. I might exchange that. The home ice for a shot at Philly. Now, they would have home ice over Philly, but they wouldn't have it throughout the first round unless the Penguins climbed up to the number one seed and Philly fell to the fourth. I guess it's wild trying to speculate at this time right now, isn't it? If the Penguins are first, they'll play the fourth-place team. If they're second, they'll play the third-place team. The Penguins could finish anywhere from first to fourth, and anybody else other than New Jersey can finish anywhere from first through third. That's insane. That's insane. And it's tough to talk about the matchups. I know who I'd rather the Penguins play. I also know I'd like the Penguins to play at home, but sometimes you make a sacrifice for one to do the other. I might as well not even talk about it. The Penguins do play Detroit tonight. Played them for back-to-back Stanley Cup titles back in 2008-2009. They split the two series, obviously. The Penguins losing in 08, winning in 09. And it just is remarkable to think of where the Red Wings were and how far they've fallen, and yet the Penguins are playing great hockey still. Take it one further, the Blackhawks, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. In fact, they've been eliminated from playoff contention. This is a team that's been right there, neck and neck with the Penguins, over the greater part of a decade. They've fallen off. Detroit's fallen off. We've seen the Rangers go from bad to great to now bad again. Boston went from a Stanley Cup contender to nothing, and now they're a Stanley Cup contender again. We've seen Toronto go from nothing to now, I think, being a legitimate contender. All the while, the Penguins have been the one constant in the National Hockey League. Penguins fans, y'all better be happy with what you got. And I know many of you are, but I'm just saying that if this year the Penguins do not win the championship, this year if the Penguins don't win the Stanley Cup, this year if the Penguins do fall flat for the first time in three years, please, my God, don't crush the captain. Please, my God, don't crush Evgeny Malkin. Please, my God, don't rip Phil Kessel. And please, my God, don't go after Jim Rutherford or Mike Sullivan. You can't win it every year. And the Penguins, under Mario Lemieux and Ron Burkle, have been a constant since Sidney Crosby came into the league. They're the only constant that we've seen.
That's amazing to me. Hell, we saw Pitt basketball go from the best team in the Big East, one that was perennially contending for number one seeds, to one that just went 0-19 in conference play. All the while, the Penguins went from the X-Generation Penguins to now the best thing in hockey, and they've been it for 12 freaking years. Things go up and down in sports all the time. It's a roller coaster ride. There are troughs. They are the opposite of troughs. I don't know what they're called because I was bad at math, but there are the opposite of troughs, and the Penguins have just been a constant the entire time. The worst year they had was under Mike Johnston, and they still made the playoffs. Just be happy with what you got, man. Be happy you're a Penguins fan. Be happy you get to watch that team go out there every night. Because even the other spoiled fan bases, the ones that have had rich histories and even recent rich histories, Boston and Chicago and Detroit, they've had some really bad downs. The Penguins have not. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Coming up in seven minutes, John Parado, formerly of the USA Today. He'll be joining us to talk Pirates. How about that? We'll get his predictions for the season at 6 o'clock. I'll get my predictions for the Pirates. We'll get Tom's if he's paying attention. We'll get Brian's. We're also going to hear from my grandma. Got to give her a ring. Big Pirates fan. Need to get her predictions. First, though, Joey Porter is partially to blame for Bud Dupree. Screw it, let it roll. You sexy thing. I believe in miracles. First I was afraid. I was petrified. Oh, for the love of God, Tom. What? I'm half paying attention. I'm sorry. Mike Tomlin talked about not picking up the fifth-year option for Bud Dupree. And a lot of heats come onto the shoulders of Bud Dupree. And the Steelers drafting. And I get all that. I don't think Bud Dupree's a bust, by the way. I think he's a pretty good player. But Mike Tomlin said the other day they're not picking up the fifth, or pardon me, it was Kevin Colbert who said they might not pick up the fifth-year option. They haven't determined that yet. And I think the development or lack thereof for Bud Dupree should fall onto the shoulders of Joey Porter. Jarvis Jones never developed. Anthony is just a guy. I think you can... Let that be a feather in the cap of Joey Porter. But we have not seen the growth from Bud Dupree. And the Steelers made a bunch of different coaching changes on this staff. They had a new secondary coach. They got a new wide receiver coach. They got a new defensive line coach. And no change for that guy. It's BS. We'll talk to Dale Lolly about that coming up at 520. 620. You've got me all razzled! 
Sean Parado, his thoughts on the Pirates. I'm mentally and physically exhausted. Next, it's the Crowley Show. I believe in miracles. Where you from? You sexy thing. You sexy thing. I believe in miracles. Since you came along. You sexy thing. The NFL owners' meetings are going on. They've screwed up. That's not a shocker. They've fixed the catch rule, but there's something else that they've effed up. We'll get to that coming up a little bit later on in the program. Penguins play tonight against the Red Wings. We've been dissecting it when Tom hasn't gotten in the way by screwing up because he's playing video games over there in the other room. Oh, yeah. In the pot. Oh, for the love of God. In the Pirates. They open up in two days. We are now joined by John Parado, the owner and operator of the Parado Report, right now on the Crowley Show. Uh, jo- oh, no. Oh, for the love of hold God. On, hold on, hold on, no, hold on, hold on. Okay. I got it, I got all right, it. All right. Tom. Tom! Tom! <laughs> all right, we got John now. John, we got you. I'm here. How are you, pal? I'm doing good. I'm not playing video games like Tom, though. So. Tom is just—he's not good at his job today. I know you wow. are, because well. Well, well, John. I mean, you got a—you got a newsletter now, and people are excited about it. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm uh, starting something a little different. Uh, direct, to, direct to your inbox if you subscribe. The uh, email newsletters—one uh, concerning just the Pirates, and the other one uh, all of Major League Baseball. Started it uh, right at the outset of spring training, and. Uh, carried on through the season and i'll be heading uh, to detroit tomorrow for the opener with the pirates and tigers and uh provide coverage throughout the year if uh, nobody else will hire me i'll hire myself i might be in that category soon if tom <laughs> keeps screwing up uh, kevin posts on facebook adam crowley is a joke come on espn his show sucks so uh, if you've got room on the parada report i feel like i could help there buddy uh, maybe we could well, uh, Send me, send me to the AL whenever you're in the NL. How's that sound? Okay, we'll work it out. It sounds good. John, I don't think that the Pirates are going to be as bad as people seem to think around town. The morale of the fan base is very low, but I mean, I could see this being a very, and I don't, I don't know if this is great, but I, I could see them being a very mediocre baseball team this year, one that might scratch 80 wins or so. I don't think they're going to be awful. Uh, you know, I know some people, you know, fans have told me, well, they're going to lose 100 games this year. And, you know, I don't think the talent level is, is that bad where they'll lose 100. I mean, certainly if they would contend, that would be a surprise to me, even for, uh, you know, even something is for a wild card, even the second wild card, I think would, would be kind of out of their reach. But to think they're, they're going to lose 100, 102 games, uh, unless they have a lot of catastrophic injuries. I mean, they're not the most talented team, but certainly not the worst team in the league either. And uh, you're talking worst team in the league category when you're talking like that. You know, I see them to go around what they did last year, 75 and 87. Maybe, like you said, a few things break right. They get to 500 or just about 500. And, you know, but, uh, you know, I don't think they'll be awful and I don't think they'll be good. But I don't know in today's baseball climate if that's not. Either you should be good or you should be bad because in between uh, you don't get a high draft pick and you don't get to the playoffs. And I don't know if uh, it's a good thing. Maybe they should go in the tank and try to lose or uh, 
spend some money and try to win. Couldn't agree more. The worst place you want to be is in purgatory, and I think that's exactly where the Pirates are. Uh, John, I think Dickerson can produce a lot of McCutcheon's offensive impact. I, I don't know how he's going to play defensively, um, but I do think that the Pirates kind of made uh, an I, it seems like a lateral move bringing him in. Yeah, you know, I, I think so, too. I, I don't know if he'll quite be McCutcheon, but he'll be a reasonable enough uh, copy of him. That I, I think, uh, like you said, I think he'll fairly well match his production. And if you have a guy like Marte step up a little bit, Polanco step up a little bit, you know, uh, all of a sudden you've matched McCutcheon's production or maybe exceeded it a little bit. If Josh Bell, another guy, maybe uh, adds uh, a little more to what he did off a really good rookie year last year. So, yeah, I think Corey Dickerson was a good pickup, no doubt. And, uh, you know, they were able to get him basically to dump Daniel Hudson's contract. And now the Braves are on the verge of releasing Daniel Hudson because even they couldn't salvage him like the Pirates couldn't last year. So, I mean, you, you got some salary relief. Uh, it only cost you about a million and a half. And, all told to get Dickerson, and I think that was a pretty good deal, all things considered. And uh, I think he's uh, looking forward to getting back in the National League and playing defense. I know he said he wasn't a big fan of being the designated hitter last year in Tampa, but he was pretty good at it. He was the uh, starting DH in the All-Star game. So, uh, yeah, I think he'll help. And, you know, I think their offense will be okay if, uh, if a couple of the other guys, as I mentioned, uh, step up a little bit and play better than they did last year. Yeah, I think so too, John. And let's kind of go through the list here. First, though, let's start with Josh Bell because, I mean, he just looks the part, right? He looks like he's a major league caliber hitter, and last year he was. I think that the concern is that he's not going to be as good from the right side of the plate. But overall, I mean, this is a guy who I think the sky's the limit for. You know what I like about him is he's very grounded, and I don't think the success he had last year will go to his head. In fact, I'd be shocked if it did. I know he's a hard worker. Everybody in the organization raves about his work ethic, and he's a, he's a very bright guy. It takes about 10 seconds of talking to him to realize that he really, really a sharp uh, kid. And, yeah, I think there's more there. I think he had a really good rookie year, but, but I think he's capable of more. And, I mean, you know, sometimes the progression isn't, the, you know, one step after another. Maybe he takes a little step back. But I think on the whole, they have a guy that they can build around in Josh Bell. And uh, I, I think uh, – you know, not only on the field, but he's he's all kind of a guy, even as a rookie, he's sort of a quiet leader off the field. I think guys, some of the older guys actually looked up to him last year because of his work ethic and just the way he carries himself. And I think uh, as time goes on, he, he will emerge as, as the team leader and probably, uh, I think, the face of the franchise. I like what the Pirates have, not just in their... We interrupt our uh, regular... For the love of God, Tom. I like what the Pirates have, not just in their everyday lineup, but I like what they've got, John, uh, coming from their bench. Uh, I think Frazier's a good player. Uh, We've seen the power from Sean Rodriguez. And David Freeze, I think ideally you'd like him to be coming off the bench. I don't think he's a guy you want necessarily to have in there every single day. No, and I think he, and even he admitted that when I talked to him earlier in the spring. Uh, you know, he's 34 now, and he said, you know, my body's breaking down. Some of them not a kid. I've been in the big leagues eight or nine years, and 
you know, I, I understand Colin Moran's the future third base, and I'm here to help him, and I'm here to fill in on days he needs off, especially maybe they face a tough lefty, and they decide they don't want to expose a young guy like Moran against one of the better lefties in the league, then Freeze gets a shot. Plus, Freeze can play first base, and he can pinch hit, and he still has his uses, but but I think uh, you're right. You have Sean Rodriguez, you have uh, and Adam Frazier, you have three very good bench guys right there, and... Uh, you know, and the thing with, especially with Frazier and Rodriguez, is they can play all over the field, and that's going to help quite a bit when you basically have a three-man bench because, uh, you know, you're not, you're almost never going to use your catcher unless you absolutely have to in the National League because you don't want to have a, when you're only carrying two catchers, you don't want to make Sean Rodriguez have to put on the gear and go behind the plate after you already plays every other position. So, uh, yeah, I like their depth a lot. And, uh, you know, a lot of small market teams uh, that go on the cheap, that's one place they kind of have to skimp us on the bench, but they're very fortunate that they have a, a decent bench and that they haven't had to bust the budget to have one. I think the bullpen has a chance of being pretty good too, John. We'll get to that in a few moments. John Parado uh, of the Parado Report joining me here on the Crowley Show. But the rotation to me is the biggest question mark. If they can get solid innings and performance out of this rotation, I think they can be a, a club that can challenge for that second wild card. I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but I, I definitely think that they've got some players with upside. Ivan Nova was pretty good last year, uh, certainly in the first half of the season. He was outstanding. Jamison Tyone had a lot of issues last year, but I think he's a guy who can come in and be a front-of-the-rotation type guy. Trevor Williams was fine, 407 ERA. Chad Cool was fine. And you got to see what you got with Joe Musgrove. Musgrave. Pardon me, But that right there, to me, is what will determine whether or not this is a team that's just purely mediocre or one that's slightly above mediocre and might be contending in August. Well, the thing the thing is, the, the four younger guys all have upside. I don't think we've seen the best of all four, any of the four, really. I think Tyone, uh, I think he would have taken another step forward last year, but he had to, unfortunately, had the testicular cancer, and though he came back very fast from it, he never was the same, and he admitted to me uh, this spring that he probably rushed it. He wanted to get back so badly, and he probably wasn't 100% when he came back, and he said he felt like he was trying to play catch-up the rest of the year. Uh, you know, I think Williams and Cool are, are, are pretty decent pitchers. I think middle, they could, they're ceiling or middle rotation guys, and I think Musgrove uh, probably has a ceiling of a number two. So, I mean, there's some young talent there, and uh, no, but they need Nova to be that veteran setting presence and he wasn't in the second half of last year and that's when everything went to hell for the Pirates but if you remember they were only two games out late in July and then they finished about 120 games out by the end of the season John Prado joining me here on the Crowley Show one of the things that's going to be tough for the Buccos is that is the division's really good this year isn't it uh, you got the Cubs uh, they're the Cubs you've got the Cardinals uh, they're the Cardinals. And then you've got the Brewers, who made some splashes this offseason. Yeah, I mean, the Brewers went out, and they, they got Lorenzo Cain, signed him as a free agent. He was the Royal center fielder on those two World Series teams for five years and $80 million. And Christian Yelich, a very good young player they got from Miami, and have him uh, under contract for five more years, too. So, I mean, not a, a one-shot deal. I mean, they have him for the long term to build that team around. They did give up some pretty decent prospects to get him, but they feel he's worth it, and I think he is too. So I like the Brewers. I like them a little better if they had added one more starting pitcher, though. I mean, Jolie Chassin's uh, okay, but, boy, there were some other guys out there like Lance Lynn uh, who 
who really went on the cheap to the Twins, and uh, I think he would have been a real nice fit in that rotation, or maybe even a Jake Arrieta who ended up in Philadelphia. And I do wonder if that's going to come back and bite the Brewers in the long run when they try to catch the Cubs this year. It's just a, not a real strong rotation. What about that Pirates bullpen? Obviously, we know Felipe Rivero is outstanding, and Jamison Tyone, he'll be starting the year from the pen. What's your prognosis there? Well, I, it's 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 going to be interesting because uh, they don't have a lot of proven guys down there beyond uh, beyond uh, Rivero, and even he's really still fairly young guy. I mean, you know, they have uh, George Contos who pitched well after they picked him off off waivers from the Giants last year, but you know, a lot of guys who are kind of wild cards. Uh, Doivitus Nevaroskis, the kid from Lithuania, he. Uh, he has talent, but he uh, he struggled last year with uh, when he was in the big leagues. Uh, Edgar Santana, another kid who throws hard, but he also had his ups and downs in the big leagues. So uh, a lot of question marks. I mean, they they could be good uh, answers and maybe not. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all turns out. John, you know why I won't be allowed to write for the Parada Report? No, it's because I said that Tyon will start the season in the pen and not Tyler Glass now. I didn't want to embarrass you, but I didn't know what you meant by that. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Like, okay, uh, I just didn't yeah. mention Tyone in my answer. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate you uh, sidestepping that one for my benefit. I meant to say Tyler Glass. Now, how do you well, think he'll wind up there? You know, that's that's, that's really interesting. I, I don't have an answer. I, I hope for the Pirates' sake that he does well, but I don't know if he will. I, he's a hard guy to figure. He has all the talent in the world, and he just doesn't understand how to use it and he seems almost scared to use it he just uh he's he's uh you know maybe the bullpen's good for him at least for now maybe maybe he can come in he doesn't have to think about it like when he has four days between starts and you know a guy gets in trouble early in the game and they need to go to the bullpen in the third or fourth inning he doesn't have time to sit there and think about it he's got to get up get warmed up and get in the game and you know maybe that helps him and maybe you know back in the old days when i was a pup and that was a long time ago that's how they broke a lot of pitchers into the big leagues uh, back in, when I was growing up in the 70s. Uh, a lot of guys came to the big leagues, started off as relievers before they moved into the rotation. And, and maybe an old-fashioned way of a development pitcher will work in Glassnow's case. But that's certainly one of the more interesting uh, storylines coming into the season, see if, he, uh, if this change of scenery helps him or not. It would be more interesting if Jamison Tyone was in the bullpen. Hey, thanks for the time, John. Uh, always appreciate it, buddy, and continued success with your venture out there. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks Thanks so much. Take thanks care. Thanks for having me, Adam. Thank you. John Parado, the Parado Report. Some guys... Some guys getting all after me on Facebook. Really? Yeah. I think I'm going to give him the phone number. I want him to call. Tough guy. Give it out. 412-922-2874. He says the station across the street's got all the real talent and that my show sucks. He can barely spell. I'm guessing he can't talk. So I'd love to hear him try to talk to me. 412-922-2874. Come on now, tough guy. Let's see if you can sling a couple syllables together, you jackass. We'll give my prediction for the Pirates season, Tom's prediction, Brian's prediction, all around the corner. It's the Crowley Show.